So I read a story of an old peasant who went into a church every single day to kneel and pray. And when asked, how do you do this, his response was, I look at God, God looks at me, and we tell each other we love each other. I don't think you can improve much upon that definition. We're in this series, What is Contemplative Prayer? And we have been saying, simply put, contemplative prayer is prayer without words. It is a wordless intimacy. Contemplative prayer is simply being with God and listening whenever God may choose to speak. It's placing ourselves in a posture of listening, of hearing, of being with God whenever he chooses to speak. The comedian Lily Tomlin once said, why is it that when we talk to God, we call it prayer, but when God talks to us, we call it schizophrenic? The Bible teaches that followers of Jesus are indwelt by God's Holy Spirit. So followers of God in the way of Jesus, the scriptures teach, have the indwelling presence of God's Spirit. God's Spirit resides in you, indwells you. And the reason that we can pray without any words is because the Spirit inside of us intercedes for us without any words that come from us. And this is what contemplative prayer is all about. So in Romans, we read these words. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. This is contemplative prayer. You know, this summer, our family went through a very difficult decision to change schools for our kids. You know, from the outside, um, summer 2019 looked like, like from the externals of my life, it looked like a lot of travel, Guatemala, Juarez, fabulous week on the lake in Wisconsin. It looked like time in the mountains and swimming in our backyard. Like from the externals, that's what the summer 2019 looked like in my life. But on the inside, like the inner story, the journey of my heart, in the summer of 2019 was all wrapped up in this super difficult discernment process for our family around what school our kids would go to. And I would just say that I experienced what our scripture passage is talking about this morning. Because in summer 2019, it was a summer of wordless sighs and aching groans over where our kids should go to school. And leading up to the summer, I was experiencing these really sweet times of quiet in the morning with God. I was just waking up early, sitting with an intention to be with God for a few moments before the whole family woke up. 
And leading up to the summer, those were really sweet moments of quiet for me, of peace internally for me. But then this sort of like little crisis of school choice hit. And when you face a crisis of any kind, little or big, (laughs) the first thing that often goes is your practices, right? And so for me, what I found is as I started asking these questions around school choice, I would come in that same way in the morning with an intention to be with God in quiet, but I could not turn off the racket in my head. Has this ever happened to you? I could not shut down the questions around where should we go and this and then all the options, and I couldn't turn it off. And so I kept coming, but it wasn't this time of peace. It wasn't this time of quiet. It was this time of, I cannot turn off this racket in my head. But what our text says this morning is what I would say I have experienced with God this summer, and that is this. God's Spirit is right alongside us, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us. Making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. And I share this with you because the point of prayer is not to get better at prayer. The point of prayer is to be with your best friend, no matter where you are. The point of prayer is not to get better at prayer. It is all about sincere intention. It is not about spiritual perfection. It's about showing up with a sincere heart and being present and attentive when God chooses to speak. Thomas Merton says this, with God, a little sincerity goes a long way. Contemplative prayer is not something we ever master. It is more like a long and winding journey. It is not the kind of thing where you hear a sermon and you learn three steps and then, boom, you've got contemplative prayer nailed. It is this long and winding, lifelong journey, and it is so worth it. And I hope that this series will spark in all of us a desire to be on this long and winding journey. Father Thomas Keating calls contemplative prayer the divine therapy. Who doesn't want that? The divine therapy. I believe you're my healer, that nothing is impossible with you. And I keep coming back in each and every season of my life, to you, God, my divine therapist. St. Teresa, the 16th century reformer and contemplative, talked about three phases of contemplative prayer. She says that as we sit down in this practice, which is what it is, a spiritual practice, contemplative prayer, uh, as we sit down in this practice, we have three prayers. The first is, she says, the prayer of recollection. The second is the prayer of quiet. The third is the prayer of union, and that's what we're going to talk about briefly this morning. First, the prayer of recollection. In the prayer of recollection, I am gathering myself 
with sincere intention. It's kind of like all of the bits and pieces of ourselves are all over the place. And so when we sit down with this practice of contemplative prayer, there's a piece of me sitting in that chair, yes, but there's a piece of me that's still in Friday's meeting ruminating on that comment that was made. And there's another piece of me that is with my children at their first day of school. And there's another piece of me that's kind of thinking about chewing out somebody at Ikea for selling me a faucet that didn't have a matching drain. Right? The bits and pieces of me are scattered all about. So St. Teresa says the first phase of contemplative prayer is just this it's a recollecting of the bits and pieces of the scattered me to bring all of me together with sincere intention to be with God. So phase one, she says, prayer of recollection. For some people, so you have sort of this umbrella, contemplative prayer. For some people, there's sort of like a nuanced thing called centering prayer within contemplative prayer. And basically, you could think of it this way. Um, centering prayer is using a word or a phrase to help us move ourselves into a place of wordless prayer. Okay, contemplative prayer, wordless prayer, wordless intimacy, being with God without words. But here's the thing. We love words. Our minds are so given to want to stay on all the time, right? I sit down, I cannot not think about where the kids will go to school in the fall. And so centering myself sometimes, it's almost like, um, yes, I want a wordless intimacy. That is what I desire. But almost like a tip of the hat to the fact that my mind won't shut off, I may choose a word or a phrase in this first phase of recollection where I just say with every single breath, welcome, 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 or welcome Jesus, or Lord have mercy, or be still, be still, be still. And as I focus on my breath, as I sit down to have a, an intention of time with God, sometimes a word can help us to center ourselves. After a while, we enter what St. Teresa calls the prayer of quiet. It is almost as if at some point God says, enough with the monkey brain. Like, rest. Let go. Receive this as a gift. And let's be honest, we can't um, manufacture that gift of quiet. That is a gift of God. That is a gift that God gives. We place ourselves in a posture to receive that gift, but that is a gift that God and only God can give, the gift of quiet, the prayer of quiet. And some days I will dedicate 20 minutes to contemplative prayer, and 18 of those minutes is all about the recollection. It's the recollecting myself. It's my thoughts. Just trying to center on God. Other days, I never leave recollection never leave that. But she says the next phase is this gift of quiet, of inner sanctuary, of inner peace. Again, sincere intention and showing up is what matters most on this long and winding journey. But the prayer of quiet is when we enter a state of internal peace. 
and the, cons the control center that is our minds lets go of all of its scheming. There is a letting go that happens, a surrendering, because it's almost like the control center of my mind is living with clenched fists. I don't want to experience the ache of living, of living in this world. Living in this world is hard on our souls, and so we live with clenched fists. And we're constantly scheming and strategizing and planning and preparing. Sometimes we're spiritual, spiritually bypassing. Do you know what that is? That's when you use spiritual beliefs to essentially avoid dealing with pain. You use spiritual beliefs to essentially avoid dealing with unresolved things. Sometimes we numb out with addictions, all sorts of ways that we're living with clenched fists. And as we come into contemplative prayer, there is this gift of quiet where there is a letting go. Now, of course, we're going to return to all those responsibilities, but if we have entered quiet with God, we will re-enter all those responsibilities in life differently. This is a super old reference, but in the 90s, The Matrix, the movie, right? And Neo, if you remember this, all these bullets are flying at him in the beginning of the movie. And he goes through a transformational journey. And at the end of the movie, the same bullets are flying at him, but he, like, takes them, and he looks at it. He's like, oh, there's one, you know. And that is a great picture for what happens as we enter contemplative prayer with God. There is a transformation that happens. Of course we return to the questions of school choice. Of course we return to all of the things that our monkey brain could not shut off, but we return to them differently. And we are more able to say, ah, here comes that person who annoys me. Just like, ah, here comes that thing that, you know what I mean? we return to these same things differently. So to enter an internal state of quiet is to welcome a wordless intimacy. It is not about telling God, here's my list of requests for you, God. It is not explaining why I need you, God, to do such and such a thing for me. This is a state of quiet. It is moving from speech to speechlessness. It is to just be, to just exist, to just be and to just exist in God, in Christ, with Christ, who dwells within you. It's to realize that the fountain of life that we're searching for isn't found in some external thing like we so often think. The fountain is within. It's like the father said to the older son in the parable of the prodigal son, everything I have is already yours. That is what God in Christ is saying to you and I. Everything I have, it's already yours through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in you. St. Teresa said that 
when it comes to prayer and contemplative practice, often we start out, I don't know how you started out, I started out with acronyms, right? Acronyms for prayer, nothing wrong with those. Lists, nothing wrong with those. But what she says is we start out basically taking a bucket and going down to a river and filling it, and then going back down and filling it again, and going back down and filling it again. And she says as we kind of grow in practices of contemplation and prayer, what we realize is the fountain is within that there is an inner sanctuary within you. And as you nurture that, you have this inner sanctuary in you all the time, can return to any time. So here comes that difficult conversation. I actually didn't have to go to the top of a mountain to find peace, right? I didn't have to light a bunch of candles. It wasn't about all those externals in the first place that God is saying in Christ, everything I have, it's already yours. And we're nurturing that inner sanctuary of our souls. And we're returning to all our relationships and all of our work differently. St. Augustine says, God is more near to you than you are to yourself. In the prayer of quiet, we start to see your presence is all I need and I never am without it. I always have it. Lastly, St. Teresa talks about the prayer of union. This is an experience of total union and communion with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is life with God. It is letting go and entering an intimacy, a joy, an ecstasy. Even the greatest of contemplatives throughout history say that this is only often a rare and fleeting experience, the prayer of union. Thomas Keating says, contemplative prayer is like a spiritual retreat. It's a kind of reunion with God where we return and we realize it's not God who went away. It is we who went away. And in union we return. It's like a homecoming, a wordless intimacy, a total ecstasy. This is the prayer of union. And all of this, it's gift. All of this is gift a gift of God. There are no, no formulas for it. There, it is not about getting it right. We are talking about prayer as relationship. I would say, if you want to grow in this practice, it's a spiritual practice. Just like any other spiritual discipline, it's a practice. And if you'd like to grow in this practice, you might consider 